Kira Likos with Wise Wolf Tarot, and you're listening to Out of the Broom Closet. Welcome to episode six. Today on the podcast, we have my good friend, Paolo, who is going to give us a rundown of his spiritual path. So, Paolo, welcome to the podcast. It's Paolo. It's all good. My friend, Paolo. So, if you had to label yourself, what would you label yourself? And then we can get more granular. Okay. Um, well, I am a Tatenkisi in Palo Mayombe, and I have been a practitioner in Santeria um, just over 14 years. So I would say that I'm a practitioner in the faith of Santeria, and I also practice Palo Mayombe. I know a lot of people have heard of Santeria, but probably not Palo Mayombe. So can you elaborate on what that is specifically? So the the most common references i would have to go with is um in voodoo there's a higher lowell and then there's a lower um so the lower would be your palo mayombe um palo means stick and then mayombe is the worker so we're a stick worker basically we work with natural spirits instead of your typical saints or or arishas or anything like that we're working with closer to the dead or muertos as we call them gotcha Okay, so the loas are spirits? Yeah, yeah, in voodoo, yeah. Okay, but in Santeria, it's Orishas? Orishas, yes. Okay, great. Uh, as you guys can tell, I am not a practitioner, and I know nothing, which is why I bring on experts. <laughs> um, so you've been into this for 14 years. That's quite, that's quite a stint. Yeah. Santeria is a closed religion, so you have to be inducted into it. It's not something you can just practice on your own. All willy-nilly, correct? Yeah, you you have to have a family to come into. It's not just one of those... Like, you could study Santeria, and you can go to a mananzal, and you, or a house, um, and, you know, find Santeria and learn about it. But in order to be a part of Santeria, you need to have done some of the ceremonies. Um, you know, just the, one of the basic ceremonies is, um, like getting your, your arishas, your, your guerreros, as we call them. Um, and they're the, that's like the first thing you do, uh, in Santeria is you get your guerreros or you get your coyadas. And um, what is that? What is a guerrero? So your, your guerreros are your I'm warriors. I'm so white, you guys. I'm sorry. Because Gu- I feel like if I try to pronounce it right, I'm just going to offend somebody. So I'm just going <laughs> to stay in my lane. <laughs> No, it's 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 completely understand. Your guerreros are are the warriors, so they okay. start off with you have your uh, your first three warriors, or yeah, yeah, first three warriors, which is Eligua, which is the one that opens the path, uh, opens all the roads, and has 121 different paths that he can open for you. Wow. You have Ogun, who helps with your uh, work and lifestyle. Um, and then, of course, you have uh, Ochosi, which helps you with law enforcement, and he's the hunter and brings you good good foods and stuff like that. Hmm. Um, now, we do have Osain, which Osain is the one that oversees you and protects you in your sleeps, and he always keeps one eye open and watches over you at all times. So there's that one as well. Um, each house is a little different when it comes to that, but... Typically, you're going to get those three first. Uh, well, sign is not typically given to each, each house. 
would they be kind of considered like a guardian angel or something along those lines, like a guardian? Uh, yeah and no. So how do I explain it? The way I would <laughs> explain it is each one is designed based on the path given to you. Um, so no Eliwa is going to be the same, right? Okay. Um, and Eliwa is the one that's going to open the roads. Is he a guardian angel? No. You, you're going to... You're going to thank him much like you would a guardian angel, but his job is basically to make your life better. Okay. You know, he doesn't have to do anything for you, but having him in your life does make your life better. Gotcha. So, so it's kind of like a deity in, in yes. general paganism. He, they would be like a deity. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. But I know that in Santeria, there are a lot of different levels to your spirits, so to speak. And I'm probably going to say terms like that quite frequently because, uh, again, I don't know it. So just trying to make sure that we're explaining things so that people who aren't in the religion can understand it. So like your guides and deities are Orishas, but there's multiple levels. So you're talking about the uppers and the lowers. There aren't lower Orishas. So in, in the Orishas themselves, okay. they're, they're all basically the same except for the two that started it all, right? Um, much like Christianity, there is a father and there's a son. For us, Alodomare is God. Alofun is like Jesus. Okay. So um, those are the only two that basically aren't, quote unquote, like angels or anything like that or deities. Each other one, there, there's like the top seven that you see on almost every uh, Hispanic candle. And they're like the sacred seven. But then there's all the other Arishas. They're all, all on the same level. They just have different focuses that they, they work on. Gotcha. Okay. So if we were going to correlate it with Greek pantheon, Zeus would be... Alodumare. Okay. And Hercules would be... Alofun. Okay. Great. Because most people know at least the base of Greek pantheon, so it's really easy to use that as a correlation. Yeah. So then you have other Orishas for other uh, focuses. focuses. So I would say... You know, like you guys have, uh, I know Oshun is, and I'm probably pronouncing it wrong, Oshun would be like Aphrodite, right? Oh, Ochun, yeah, Ochun. absolutely. Ochun is the one that oversees the rivers. Um, she's the one of basically of love, uh, um, and she also has malice in her heart. She's very jealous. Um, she protects all women, and... She's probably the most beautiful of all the Arishas. Hmm. I've heard a story that she that she's associated with peacocks. Is that true? Yeah, pe- well, because they're beautiful. So yeah, um, typically the male peacocks. So, but yeah, uh, the the idea of peacocks and Ochun would be together. And then if you like go to the river, you see a lot of peacocks there. So that it is true. does it does make sense. Yeah, because like out at Hart Park, there's tons of peacocks. For those of you and not for, in Kern County, Hart Park is a, a large park here in Kern County with a river. There's tons of peacocks. So, And for those non-initiated people that would love to like like honor Ochoan, her favorite thing is a plate of honey. Um, literally just a plate, pour some good honey. Don't get that like Walmart brand, but get like good like farmer's honey and put that on there. With five pennies, five nickels, five, her number's five, so, Mm -hmm. um, and she, you know, the kindness of a heart may bless your life. You never know. 
Well, that's good to know. So that does bring up a good question because, like I said, I know that it is a closed religion, so you can't be a practitioner unless you've been initiated. But can you work with the Orishas if you're not uh, initiated into their religion? Yes and no. Like, you can do any of the ceremonies, the abos, which are the offerings. Okay. Um, But you could do, like, you know, just like any religion. Because we are a closed religion, we're not one of those, like, we're not going to tell you not to do it. <laughs> but like if you wanted to do something, many people will take little offerings and trinkets to like crossroads. I don't know if you know anything about hoodoo, but hoodoo is a old um, folk um, magic, not really a religion. But a lot of the practices in hoodooism mm-hmm. um, actually have a long stem into Santeria. So you'll hear like people say, oh, you need to go to the crossroads and leave like. Uh, a bag of corn and you know some money and this and that well that's similar to a non-initiated practice that we do like i'll go to a crossroad and i'll literally have corn money and then like other spices um and i'll put it at the crossroads to bless bless my path when financially i'm hurting or something like that and that's for el um, so, but in Hoodooism, they don't really have like a deity to associate with, but it, the practice is still the same. So if you practice Hoodooism, you essentially practice Santeria, but without the deities. Gotcha. So you could, it still crosses over pretty well. Gotcha. You had taught a class here locally at uh, Kern County Pagan Circle, and a lot of people really enjoyed that. And you went through a lot of the different Orishas. Um and there was one that I felt really connected to and started like kind of working with. And I was like, I kind of asked them, I was like, is this okay? Am I going to get in trouble for talking to you? <laughs> but, you know, I, ga- I gave an offering and, um, and got an answer. So um, I've worked very minimally because I feel like because I'm not initiated that, that my um, outreach to them should be minimal out mm-hmm. of respect for the religion. So that is good to know that, you know, giving offerings and, you know, things just like general blessing. I, I will say a lot of people say asking for favors. I wouldn't really ask for favors more like, it's like having a conversation with anybody, right? Like yeah. if I'm going to, I'm going to say, Hey, this is what's going on with my life. And you have the power to help me. Yeah. I'm not asking you to help me. I'm more like, Hey, this is what's going on in my life. Here's an offering to you. Thank you for listening. Mm-hmm. And, then you take it upon you. Now, that's what the difference between Santeria and Palo Meombe. Santeria, you're not really doing any trabajos or spells or jobs or anything like that. Okay. You are doing more like, basically like you're going to a Catholic priest and you're trying to ask for confession. You know, <laughs> you're you're talking to the saints. You're mm-hmm. I, I, Now, you'll hear me interchange saints and the orishas mm-hmm. back and forth. Santeria okay. means the way of the saints. Gotcha. So, um. If if people get confused when I say saints, I am speaking about the Arisas. However, we still use saints as well. So, like, I'm a son of Jango, but I also have a Santa Barbara. So, they're both... Jango was hidden under Santa Barbara, and there's a lot of backstory on that, but I'm not really going to get into that. As far as going back, you want to make sure that you're not asking your, your offering out of the kindness of your heart, mm-hmm. and then letting the saints do what they want to do. Gotcha. Yeah, I guess that's a much more polite way to put it. <laughs> yeah. Like, 
here here's this thanks for listening if you feel so inclined i'd love some help <laughs> exactly yeah. yeah that's very much how i tend to approach any deity that i work with i try to have a an actual relationship with them and not just go to them when i want or need something because yeah. you know everyone has been that friend that only gets a phone call when someone's moving or something's wrong in their life. And no one wants to be that person. You want to have a friendship and a relationship outside of just the problem days. So, you know, I try to treat my deities in the same fashion. Now you did touch on a very good point about um, the Orishas being hidden under saints. Now, do you feel comfortable kind of elaborating on that? Absolutely. Um, So, most everybody knows that there, at one point in time, there was an African trade where certain tribes were taken from Africa and then dispersed. Spain, of course, they have their, their Africans that they acquired. Okay. And during the time of their acquisition, they tried to change them into Catholics, which was the, the Spanish way. Mm-hmm. You're trying to break somebody's tradition or somebody's religion. So in order to honor the religion and not get killed they basically went and hid their saints hid the arishas so that they wouldn't get slaughtered for not doing the jesus god thing and basically they took time to go to church and that same time they found out each saint had similar mannerisms as each one of the arishas Mm -hmm. so like you'll um, you'll see like in a botanica, which is, you know, typically where we're going to go get our candles or whatever. Um, you'll see like a St. Anthony in there. Well, St. Anthony is the child, which is the same as Aliwa for us. All oh, right. So okay. so we're going to use a St. Anthony when we can't bring out our saints, you know, our arishas to the public. And a lot of houses, they they don't accept still to this day the arishas. So we're still using the cover of Catholicism to hide our saints. Gotcha. So it was essentially just like a covert act so that they could practice their own religion safely. Correct. Okay, that makes sense. And we all know, like, if if you look at, at Catholicism, they've done that a lot with a lot of different practices. Yeah. So why well, are... Paganism, for instance, you know, like how many Catholic things are, are brought off of paganism, you know? It's funny... Um, when, when Catholics want to do something, they just make it their own, whether you like it or not. (laughs) So, yeah, I've touched on that before, how it's, if you've ever been to Catholic mass, which I have, um, it very much feels like a pagan ceremony. You stand up, you chant, the room is cleansed with incense. You say a prayer and light a candle. Um, pretty sure that is spell work right there. It's it's pretty close. That's a, that's a pagan ceremony. If I've ever seen one. Yep. <sighs> yeah. They they've That's that's definitely off topic, right? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> kind of off yeah. topic. Kind of on, yeah. kind of off. But yeah. And the only reason why Catholicism actually works with Santeria so much is because if it wasn't for Catholicism, Santeria wouldn't even be a real religion anymore. Yeah. Um, you know, Santeria had to hide their their, their traditions. You know, the French were really cool about like, hey, you want to do your religion, do your thing. And voodoo is still very much a thing. They they don't have to hide their saints. Where in Santeria, they, they had to. But by doing that, they actually were able to practice their religion 
in a way, in a mannerism that they could possibly do it in a safe way. And it actually worked out because some of the slave owners at the time who were not in faith so much with the Catholic ways were noticing that their slaves were actually doing something and actually getting like, I don't know, maybe closer to God or whatever. Mm -hmm. They were definitely feeling better. And then when one of the slave owners went ill, it was the actual slaves that used the Arishas to bring that person back from the sickness. Oh, wow. So, and that person was able to continually hide the religion to even where the priests started getting involved in the religion and became part of the, which we call, we still call high priest, right? Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of the things that are hidden were hidden by the priest. And, and the, so it's, it's pretty cool. Like there's a really cool internet work when it comes to Santeria. Yeah, I've always found it fascinating. I've known I've known a couple people who have um been initiated into Santria and I've always found the story behind it fascinating. Like like this portion of the story specifically about how they essentially went underground but were still very much practicing what they needed to practice to honor their gods, their saints. Yeah. And have have that connection with them you know, while under this deep oppression. So, you know, it really shows that when something means something to you, you will make it work one way or another. So that's correct. Yeah. It's um impressive and honorable. With it being a closed religion, my main question is how how did you get into this? So really, really cool story. Um when I was looking for a new religion, basically I was asking like God or deities or whatever, like, hey, yo, like, hear me out. This is Paulo. I'm looking for a uh, religion. And I went to our local, like, borders. And before they were closed, RMP. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, you know, like, books would fall off the shelf accidentally. Like, one was called, um, I, I think it was The Way of Santeria or something like that. It, was, it wasn't a good book, but it, it fell off. Um, and so I had a mentor who was teaching me how to do spell casting or, you know, Alistair Crowley type, right? Mm-hmm. And I was like, uh, well, I'm really not feeling it. Like, I don't really want to do Kings of Solomon. I don't want to do any of that anymore. I, I want something. And I asked him, like, hey, have you ever heard of Santeria? And he goes, no. What is that, right? Well, it kept going. And I'm like, oh, man, I'm trying to find a mentor. Do you know anybody that knows Santeria? Several months go by, okay? several months and this guy is like hey are you still interested in santeria i'm like yeah well this home he's like oh check it out my house is having a tambor a tambor is a celebration with drums and i'm telling you it is a magical event um if you're ever invited to a tambor i highly recommend going because the energy there is so uplifting there's no description for it Mm -hmm. other than that you're enlightened you feel like the world has been lifted off of me. So he's like, yeah, I'm going to a tambor. Why don't you come with me? This guy who <laughs> told me, hey, I don't know what Santeria is, basically said, yo, I practice Santeria, but I can't just tell anybody that. Yeah. So I figure I invite you to this. And he still hit it to like after my second meeting. For when I had my first registro, which is my first reading into the religion, then I found out, oh, 
he's a Tatankisi, and he's been in the religion already like 10, 15 years. Oh, my goodness. I was like, you son of a... But yeah, no, it was really cool. So he, he brought me in, and then I started the whole process. You get your first reading. It tells you about your path. You know, then your padrino, which is your godfather, will tell you, hey, these are the things you have to do to become initiated. It's not easy. You know, you go through your first rayamento, palo, uh, or you go through, you get your guerreros, whatever the case may be. And, you know, you basically start your initiation. Each person has a different path. So I can be going in the same day as you, and we will have two separate paths. Yeah. The path is designed for you specifically. Interesting. So, yeah, like I said, I've been doing it for 14 years, and I don't ever regret going apart this path. Well, that's good, because I know a lot of people, um, you know, they kind of how you did before you found this, you know, they bounce around until they find what fits them. So, Mm -hmm. um, so that's good. Now you were explaining kind of what your title is and saying that you work with the dead now. The mortals. Yeah. Okay. Can you elaborate on that? So I am a Tatin Kisi in Palo Mayombe. Palo Mayombe is a different religion than Santeria. So there's, in Santeria, there's two different religions. There's Ifa, then there's the saints, right? Mm-hmm. So Ifa, Ifa is like wisdom. It's it's the Babalaos. So you have the Babalaos, you have the Santeri, the Santeros, and then you have the Inquisis. And each one of them has different aspects. Now, what I do in Palo is I can do everything essentially that a santero can do. However, I can't work with the saints, if that makes any sense. So I can only work with the lowers. I, unfortunately, have the capability of doing spell work. So Unfortunately? I say, I say unfortunately because, as you know, karma is not something to trifle with. And when you get the capability of doing spell work, you tend to think about everything that you could possibly do. So sometimes, if you have malice in your heart, you want to try things. I see and, where this is going. I see yeah, where this is going. Yeah. Um, and when you try bad things often enough, you get a heart attack. Oh. Yeah. Do you, so. do you feel like that's what caused your heart attack? Oh, yeah. For sure. Oof. Well. Yeah. It, it's a learning experience. You know, you, the whole point. <laughs> only, only you would say a heart attack is a learning experience. Mind you, yeah. the type of heart attack that you had, people have the minimal chance of recovering from that type. Yeah, correct? less than, I think it was less than 4%. Yeah. Yeah. So I would but, say yeah. that your saints were looking out for you that day. Yeah. You know, it's just one of those things like. There are many beautiful things about the religion. Mm-hmm. In Santeria, you're not really doing spells. You're doing offerings. In Palo Mayombe, you have full control over your mortals. Now, the mortals can still take you, but you have a lot more control over them. Gotcha. Yeah. Slightly terrifying. Well, it's something to be respected. Yes, absolutely. And I think that 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 is one thing most people, you know, whether their entire knowledge of Santeria is from the sublime song or 
they've actually done research, I feel like most people do have a very high respect for the religion because they know how powerful it is. Like I have seen some things in my day from people who are uh, initiated into Santeria. I've seen flames from a candle like a foot tall because they were working that candle. You did a cleansing for me once when I was having, I thought that I was just having a bout of depression, but come to find out there was a darkness on me and literally slept like a baby that night and felt amazing for quite a long time afterwards. So, you know, I know for a fact that it works and I've always had a very deep respect for the religion. So it is definitely powerful, but it's not something to, it's not something to be taken lightly. No, like you can no, respect not. it, but being initiated is a very big deal from what I've heard. It's like it is a lifelong commitment. It really is. Um, once you're initiated in the religion, it's not one of those things you walk away because of the ceremonies you have. You're literally bonding with whatever it is that you're bonding with. I'm not really going to go into the ceremonies, yeah, no, no, but no. you're essentially doing blood work. You know, um, if you've ever done blood magic you know that blood magic is one of the highest forms of magic. And when you're doing blood magic, you have a much higher bond to whatever it is. So if you're doing a bonding spell and you cut your hand and you do the blood and the bonding, that, that job is usually going to be a lot stronger than something that is just a candle, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the ceremonies that you're doing when you go through the process of getting your Goretos, getting your Goyadas, or whatever the case may be, or even getting your saint. Uh, to get your saint, let's just go into that real quick. The whole process of getting your saint takes up to a year. There's a year of celibacy. There's a year of wearing nothing but white clothes. There's a year of purifications. Every day you must purify yourself to prepare yourself for the saint. Then there's not even, like, there's a whole... Uh, process of going from a infant to a born person and it's not like hey you got baptized you washed in water and you walk away no that whole process of just becoming an infant becoming an infant takes over a week and you don't you don't feed yourself you don't clothe yourself you don't do anything by yourself all of that is done by your madrina and your padrino all of that's done that's intense it's very intense You know, I appreciate you coming on and talking about things that are probably just right on the border of what you can talk about. So I appreciate that because I don't I don't think people realize how intense of a religion it is. They just know that it's cool and it's powerful and it works. How do I do it? But, you know, there's a lot to it and there's um, sacrifice Mm -hmm. to it. You know, you you sacrifice a lot of yourself and a lot of your time and a lot of your energy to it. You know, it's it's just as in-depth as any relationship that you would have, if not more. I would say if not more, because even in death, the religion follows you. As a Tata and Kisi, when I die, there's a ceremony that must be performed in my death. So that way my spirit can be able to cross over. Because as a Tata and Kisi, I basically made a bound to the earth, right? Mm -hmm. I can't even cross over until a ceremony is to release me. Wow. So, yeah, it's it's much more like in marriage you can get divorced. You can walk away. You don't you don't do that in religion like this. Yeah. However, in this religion, it's the only religion that I know of that allows you to have multiple religions. Like I can go 
And I can go to a Baptist church or whatever and celebrate that religion and fully be involved in that religion. Um, and it's not going to affect the religion that I'm a part of. Mm-hmm. It's kind of cool like that, but you don't walk away. Like if I wanted to walk away, this is what would happen. Everything would have to go back to my padrino because I couldn't just get rid of it. I couldn't throw it away. Mm-hmm. Um, everything would have to go back to my padrino. And then there would be a ceremony to basically like release me, mm-hmm. essentially, which is, from what I understand, a very difficult ceremony. And I've never seen it done. I was going to say, have you ever heard of it being done? No. So here's my question. What if you, this is me playing devil's advocate like I like, um, what if your family didn't know? In your family, I know your wife knows, but with this being such a secretive and hidden religion, what if someone was in your position? Let's just say your wife didn't know and you passed, like what happens? That'd be a difficult situation because my padrino would probably know. Essentially, I'd go to my padrino. Okay. I'd go to his prenda and I'd be a part of his workings. That's so, I don't know. So your wife would have to give up your body to some guy she doesn't know? No, no, no. It's not my body itself. Oh, okay. That yeah. was my thing. I was like, do no, they no, no. need to have your body the, to perform there, a ceremony? There's a, so like when I go to Freedom Martha's, I'm not feeding the actual person. Right? I'm not. I'm not digging up a body. And I'm like, of hey, course, hey, of course. Here's a here's a bowl of cream corn. <laughs> you know, cream that's, corn. that's not happening. Yeah, no. <laughs> you know, but we are doing something to basically ask that spirit that is there, and like we'll, we'll ask him by name, like, hey, bro, what's up, homie? And hey, would you mind uh, going ahead and like, you know checking out this thing right here because we really like to make sure that everything's good and they do hmm. so but Interesting. yeah no yeah it's there there are ceremonies like um the, there's a bracelet that most people in santeria especially if they're in the Rifa, will wear and it's a bracelet to to warn them of bad things cap- happening and it also catches Bruja thrown on them. Mine's broken too many times, so I just stopped getting a new one. Uh, Does that mean that people are, are throwing a lot of spells on you? It happens. It happens. It's an occupational hazard. <laughs> it, it can't. So in Santeria, they, they really don't throw spells or anything like that. Okay. But, um, so then what did you mean by a, what, by a Bruja? It just like, Bruja is witchcraft, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I know that much. The, in Santeria, if there's bad coming to you, mm-hmm. whatever it is, like we just kind of like lump it into brujaria, gotcha. and you know it could be like, oh shit, dude, like you straight up flipped off the homeless guy. You really shouldn't have done that. The saints seen that they're gonna come get you, you know, or karma, right? Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we have a funny story. Like Obatala, he's one of the cleanest saints we have, right? He wears all white. Um, and before you join the religion, Obatala is the one that owns your head. He owns everybody's head. And sometimes he'll dress as a homeless person. So it's always good to respect the homeless because you don't never know if it's Obatala. Now, Obatala is also a very angry person. So he wants your head to be cool, but he can hold a grudge forever. So, <laughs> so he's you know. a Scorpio. Understood. Got it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So essentially, you know, you guys have have your 
Orishas or Insaints and Muertos. Is that correct? Yes. So Ish. we have we have on top is like God. Okay. It is equivalent to God. And then right below that is Sun. Mm-hmm. And then right below that is the Orishas. Okay. Way, 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 way down below that is the Inquisis. Oh, now, now you have to explain what that is. The Inquisis are the Muertos. Oh, okay. We just call they're called Inquisis. Okay. So because you have Santeria comes from Yoruba. Mm-hmm. All right. The Inquisis come from the Congos. Okay. They're, they're, they come from two different areas. Um, and then Ifa, which is the Babalaos, they actually come from the other part of Aruba. So they're, they're the northern part of Aruba, which is interesting because like Babalaos work with Arumila, which is the one that sees like he has the books to everyone's life. All right. He's the, the man of wisdom. He's also the blind man, but he knows everything and can tell you everything. And only the Babalaos can work with him. Below that is the Santeros. Santeros cannot work with Arumila, but can receive an Arumila to basically, you know, like praise and thank, right? Mm-hmm. But they're going to receive their saint, whatever their saint may be. Like, I'm a son of Jango. If I was baptized in Santeria and did all the parts, I would be a Santero of Jango. Okay. All right. Now, the Inquisis, they start off in each house is a little different so i can't speak on each house but the inquisis will start off with a puino nuevo which is the new pine then you have the papa nuevo which is the father pine then you have the tata inquisi which oversees all of them now some houses have other type of ones that supersede tata inquisi but in my branch tata inquisi is the highest you can go okay and Typically, you have to go through the whole process of the three oramentals and this and that to get, unless you're chosen to go all the way to the top, then it becomes a big ordeal. Um, but each ceremony in itself is different, right? I know I'm going off on a tangent, so just follow. You're fine. So each thing is different. You can never become a palero, which is in Palomayombe, if you have your saint. You can never go backwards. Okay. So if you... If you're a Babalao, you can never receive your saint. If you have your saint, you can never receive Palo. You have to go from the bottom to the top, if that makes sense. Okay, yeah. All right? So when I say they're way down there, that means anybody can be a Palero. Anybody can be a Palero. I mean, there are certain things like only a man could be a Tata Nkisi, which is one of the things about this religion. There's high priestess, right, which is Santeras, and you have your Santeros. You can have a man or woman. Mm-hmm. Um, in Palo Mayombe, only a man could be a Tata Inquisi. Only a woman could be a Madre Inquisi. You need both a man and a woman in order to bring new people, initiates, into the religion. And same goes with Santeria. But not everybody could become a Babalao. Only a man could be a Babalao. And why is that? Do you know? Because Ifa only talks to a man who's never passed a, a muerto. So if you've ever been possessed... In any way, you can never be a Babalao. Gotcha. You have to have a pure body. And the religion is, it's ancestral based, so, right? Mm-hmm. You can't tell all the ancestors, hey, bro, like, do the 2020. That's not going to work. <laughs> you know? Um, no, I was just curious what the reasoning was, because typically there's a reason other than, you know, men are above women, but, but yours is about you can never have had someone else in your body. Yeah. 
Or, or the possibility of someone else in your body. Okay. That makes sense. So women give birth. Exactly. So they can they can never move up. Now, I'm sure people are going to contest that, but that's the simplest way I want to describe that. No, and that's, you know, from, from, you know, if you look at it from an ancient perspective, that makes sense. Now, is there... Is there anything that you wish you had known when you first got into the religion that was maybe kind of a shock once you started? Um, so there's really not a whole lot of information out there for the general population, right? You, yeah. you can watch YouTube videos and you can watch all this stuff. Or listen to podcasts. Or listen to podcasts. <laughs> what? Out of the broom closet. Mm-hmm. Hey, hey. Um, but as far as like information, there really isn't anything mm-hmm. to know. I wish there was information, but each house is different. Each branch is different. You can do a Cuban branch, and that branch is going to be completely hated by a Mexican branch, like one's from Mexico. And so it, I'm assuming that the Spanish took Santeria to Mexico. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. This, the Spanish is the reason why they're is Santeria in the first place. So, But if you look at where they landed, mm-hmm. they landed near Cuba, which is why Cuba got it first. Mexico got it some years later. Um, so it actually originates, quote-unquote, from Cuba. Now, it originates from Africa, but Afro-Cuban religion is what it's called. Yes. Yeah, that I have heard so, before. Uh, another name for it, of course, is Lukumi, which is the way of the light, right? I've never heard so, that before. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, look it up. You'll find a lot of like Congo songs and stuff like, and uh, Yoruban songs that are part of the Lukumi religion, um, which is another like crazy thing. Like if you look at Lukumi, their their high priestess are women. They're actually opposite a little bit, but still the same religion. Interesting. Yeah. When you're looking at which one to choose, your gender should be taken into consideration. And sexual preference, because um as much as i support the lgbt lgbt cannot be part of palo mayombe but can be part of santeria okay yeah is there a specific so, reason for that that you're aware of or it just has to do it, ha- it has to do with ancestral unfortunately the if you go through the raimento and receive your scratches you are putting an ancestral spirit on your back and i mean literally scratching with a razor blade or knife into your back and receiving an actual dead person who has been dead for generations and is not wise to the the now. That is intense. Yeah, it's a really amazing experience. Mm -hmm. Um, But the spirits aren't woke. (laughs) Spirits aren't woke. Oh, goodness. You're going to be in so much trouble if anybody you know hears this. Oh, absolutely. Well, you know, the thing is, as a Tata, I can work with whoever I want to, mm-hmm. right? I can work with them, but they just can't be part of the religion. And it's gotcha. kind of a, I wish, but like, try to wake up the spirit, yo. <laughs> Excuse me, you've been dead for a thousand years, but this is okay these days. No problem. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No problem. Um, I know that there was stories of Tatas that were trying to do bloodless... Uh, Rimentals, so they weren't doing any scratches. They were using chalk mm-hmm. to do the rimental, and then those tatas became very ill. Their spirits did not like that, 
and a whole community came against them as well because it's a very Spanish-oriented community. Mm -hmm. So, and there's a lot of pride in the way things are done. Yeah, it's not exactly a religion that you just take a piece here and take a piece there, like eclectic paganism. You know, it's no. it's your all in or nothing. But you can yeah. have amendments like Christianity, you know, so you can have, you know, Santeria and Christianity or and Catholicism. But, you know, mm-hmm. once you're in, you're in. Well, it's yeah. very serious. Well, like I said, the Santeria itself is beautiful. Right, you know, we have stories, we have we have tambores, we have songs. There are so many beautiful things about the religion. Or the last tambor I was at, I saw two saints come down and possess. Uh, and it's beautiful when they do it. But they come down and they take over and they start blessing everybody in the room. Mm-hmm. And it's just really cool to see. Like you, you see this person, like they start dancing, and everybody dances in the room. But when the saint comes down, you can see this person like it's kind of like being rowed on the back. Like they'll start writing and they'll start like mm-hmm. dipping and like the spirit just come and you feel the whole room just energized. Right. Wow. And basically like the saint will come down and I saw Ogun come down, which is one of the strongest, like mightiest. Isn't he like the blacksmith or something? He is the blacksmith. Yes. Yeah. But he came down and basically like was blessing everybody and then oh yeah oh yeah was the second saint and oh yeah such a beautiful saint her colors are purple and you know there's all kinds of cool stuff about her but and she also is in charge of the winds and hurricanes and her tornadoes and of course you know she brings people to the to the grave and all that stuff and she's Um, the gatekeeper she's the gatekeeper yeah a lot of cool stuff. And when Oya came down, you know, she looked right at me. She's like, don't be sad, you know. And at that time, I was like going through depression. And the lady that was possessed by Oya didn't speak a word of English, but Oya did. Yeah. So. That's they, beautiful. Yeah. I love it. I've heard it's a very, very moving and powerful experience. Yes. I've always wanted to go, but... It's kind of hard to get permission to attend when you're not a practitioner. So I don't know who I have to bake cookies for, but it needs to happen eventually. <laughs> you know, and I and I, I understand it being secretive um, and making sure that people who are in attendance are respectful of the religion. So, yeah. you know, that's obviously something that's understandable why it's closed. And I know that there is, is there still sacrifice Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, that's that's never going to go away, um, and it's protected now, uh, or it was protected by Congress, and we fall under the same laws as Judaism, because we do use the meats um, to feed by ourselves. By the way, we're talking animal sacrifice, not human sacrifice. Just so, for yeah, people who are curious. Okay. <laughs> Let, you know what? Let's dip into that human sacrifice bit about. All right, I seen like. TV shows were like, oh, the, this person practiced Santeria. Look, he sacrificed a child. We don't do that, like, ever. Mm-hmm. Um, anybody who does that is really not participating in the Santeria that I am aware of. Even in Palo Mayombe, that is a no-no. Like, there's certain animals that you're allowed to sacrifice. Chickens, goats, pigs, and stuff like that. Edible things, right? Things that you're going to eat. 
ain't nobody going to start eating a human, all right? We're not going to break out some Jeffrey Dahmer barbecue sauce. Um, <laughs> that's just not going to happen. So I don't know if people have seen that or, you know, have any relation to like, oh, on NCIS, this happened. <laughs> that's not that's not us. That's, I have literally seen that on a TV show where they're like, oh, this is Santeria. Yeah, no. And I'm like, mm, they don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> no. You'll see, like, in a lot of Santeria, um, quote-unquote, like, fake altars, there's, uh, like, a pagan cross or the pagan star and all that stuff, right? That's really not us either. Like, we don't do that. Like, in our altars, like, I have a straight-up Jesus cross with, like, a 13 glasses of water and a rosary. <laughs> That's my altar. Mm-hmm. And I freshen the waters so that way my spirits can be clean. Mm-hmm. Like, we're not we're not breaking out the pagan star or anything like that. That's just not our thing. Yeah. Different strokes for different folks, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, um, I forgot what we were talking about. We were yeah, talking about... Just, um, oh, human sacrifice. Or animal sacrifice. <laughs> animal sacrifice. <laughs> <laughs> we don't do human. But, no, animal sacrifices are still... Very much a thing. Um, okay. And when is that yeah. utilized? So a lot of times it's utilized when you're doing ebols, um or offerings. And well, most of the time prior to a ceremony being done, we're always going to do our best to take as much of the meat and eat it because you're sacrificing the blood, but you're not sacrificing the meat, right? We talked about before in this podcast about how blood sacrifice is one of the strongest bonds. And you still have to feed your arishas and your muertos, and they eat blood. Hmm. So now you can you can go by and and not feed them for a long time, stuff like that. But they're going to be born in blood, um, and that's the only way to really do it. There's really not a way. I've seen people like they'll leave corn and stuff like that, which is acceptable. You know, you can do that, but they do need to eat. They still need to be fresh. Gotcha. Okay. So essentially, it's just used to feed your deities. Yeah, essentially, yeah. And me using deities as a blanket term. So mm-hmm. um, what would you say is your favorite part about practicing Santeria? Hmm. My favorite part about practicing Santeria, I would have to say, is the results. Because I've practiced different types of magic. I have had two separate mentors that have taught me throughout and taught me different high magic and different types of spell casting and stuff like that. But nothing really compares to actually having the results that I have now. Even though I don't really spell cast anymore, asking the saints for help and receiving the results has been wonders so i would say that's my favorite part and then the tumblers they're freaking awesome so out of tumble right you're gonna go in there and everybody's gonna start off with this beautiful blessing like hey how you doing la, la, da, da. Um, and then they're gonna start off with the drums and they do this open ceremony for all the drums and warm them up to to have their pats anybody that comes to the drums will be blessed um, and then from there, they feed everybody at the end of it. Like, you go home, and you are fat and happy. And if you're not fat and happy, that's your fault, really. <laughs> so when, when, uh, who do I have to bake cookies for? Because I really want to go. 
Well, that's that's an interesting story. Um, I like peanut butter cookies. <laughs> so it's chip you. Cookies. <laughs> so I'll make you cookies, and then there I get go. to go. Yeah, you you can get me in. I know some people. You know some people. <laughs> All right, peanut butter cookies. What does the wife like? Because we have to keep the wife happy too. Um, she's a big fan of uh, like chocolate chunk. Okay. All right, chocolate chunk and peanut butter cookies. Yeah. As soon as social distancing is over, yeah, exactly. You will, you will have cookies. I'll make cookies for the whole house. First, I have to learn how to make cookies, but thankfully we're in social distancing, so I have nothing better to do than learn how to break make out that Easy Bake Oven. I definitely had one of those as a kid. Those brownies, those Easy Bake Oven brownies, aka cakes, they were brownies. Mm-hmm. They're so delicious. Um, so your path is pretty set right now with the religion that you're in. Is there any sort of expansion that you can or are looking to do within the religion or are you kind of set in your space? So I really like being in Palo, but as far as expansion, like, uh, yeah, there's a lot of expansion still. Like I still have to receive my saint. Um, I still have to receive, uh, Arumila, but to become a Boba Dao. So, like, I have a long way to go in the religion. Mm-hmm. I'm nowhere near being close to being done part of the religion. And, you know, I don't know if I'll ever get there because there's just so many things. Like, another thing about the religion is it's not a cheap religion. We didn't talk about that, but... Oh, yeah. Well, let's get into that then. Yeah. It's it, not a cheap it, religion. It's not a cheap religion. It is not somebody that you're going to have $250 and do anything in the religion. That's not happening. I know that getting spell work done from a practitioner is not cheap. The, to put it in perspective, all right, Araimento for Palo Mayombe is over 21 days. The, okay. Just just the process to become a Tatenkisi is 21 days. All right. At that same time, you're paying for somebody to come there and spend 21 days off of work. All right. They're not going home. They're not doing anything. They're literally just. At the end of the night, they get to go home and eat and sleep, and then they're going back at it and preparing your journey, your path. Then there's cost for food, animals, all that stuff, right? Just to do the ceremony, that's not even including, you know, everything that you must wear, but just just for the ceremony part, all right? You put it in perspective. Let's say an average person who goes to work is making three, four hundred bucks uh, a week. These people are working somewhere in the ballpark figure of 16 to 20 hours a day preparing for your body to be a tatankisi. Mm-hmm. They have to feed whoever is there. They have to provide everything. And it's not just one person. You're you're paying for everybody to be there. And then during the actual rhymemento, the part where you show up. So there's 21 days before you even show up. The part that you show up, you're only there for three days. Wow. Yeah, you're covering all that cost as well, right? You so you're talking about something that's taking 24 almost a month long process so that you can be a tatankisi. You have to figure in all of that. If you have two or three padrinos, or you have a madrina, all of those people must get paid. And I will tell you like a rental in California is going to be much more expensive than a rental in Cuba apples and oranges on that you know mm-hmm. you're you're not paying the same type of cost but when you're dealing with four people having to be fed 
for people having to miss work. It's not a cheap thing to do. And it can't be done faster. That's the other thing, right? You can't you can't do a rhymental and have, you know, it done in a day or two days. That's not going to happen. Um, the same goes with like somebody receiving a saint or something like that. When you see, receive your first guerreros, you're talking about somebody that's literally leaving their home and doing a whole purification for a week before they can even get started on them preparing the saints for you to take home they have to know your path know know everything about you the reading itself takes seven days wow yeah it's it's a crazy process but it's done in such a ceremonious way that when people go oh what do you mean it cost me three thousand dollars to receive my scratches that's crazy it's really not if you add up everything needs to be done mm-hmm. three thousand dollars is not crazy now, when you have a thought in and he says, oh, yeah, no, I can do a uh, spell to bring back your lover, and it's going to cost you $700. Well, you know why. <laughs> like, that dude, like, he went through a huge ceremony. Probably and, multiple, you know. Yeah, oh, absolutely, yeah. Like, a trabajo for me, when I'm doing a trabajo, uh, a, jo- a job or a spell, right? I'm, I'm looking at something that's going to take me anywhere from 7 to 21 days to fulfill. Mm-hmm. So, like, we have this one job that we'll do, right? And it's to basically bring wealth into people's lives. Now, I'm not going to say that they're going to get rich or anything like that. People are like, oh, yeah, 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 sure. I'm broke. I can't afford that job. However, that job requires gold. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, I literally have to melt gold into a candle. And gold is not cheap. If I buy one ounce of gold, that's three or four hundred bucks or whatever it is nowadays. I don't even know. Yeah. So it's not cheap. The trabajos that we're doing are done by tradition. They're not done. Like I can't go buy fool's gold or silver and do the same job if you want the same results. Hmm. There's give and take in the religion. You must give like out of your pocketbook to receive it back into your pocketbook. Um, every time I've ever given into the religion, I've always gotten it back. And there's like no other way to say it. Like I've spent thousands of dollars and I've always gotten my money back and, and more sometimes. But to receive my saint, if I would have got it when I first joined the religion, it would have cost me 15000 Now it's going to cost me like 25000 Why so much more? Just inflation? Yeah, inflation. There's at, at one time... Like, you can get away with paying somebody $7, you know, an hour. Oh, gotcha. Good point. Yeah. You're not doing that Minimum anymore. wage has gone up. <laughs> it really has. I mean, I'm glad it has. But, yeah, yeah you're, 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 not, you're not paying $7 an hour anymore. That's not happening. Yeah, no. Well, and I mean, for spiritual work, do you really want to pay minimum wage anyways? You know, you're, you want to pay them what they're worth. So, as a, you know, spiritual business owner... I've had conversations with people where they're like, oh, well, that's a gift that you've received, so you should give it away. And I'm like, nope, nope, that's not how it works. I've got years and years of this work underneath my belt. Well, that's the other thing. Like When I started reading tarot, I want to say like an hour was like 60 bucks. And that was 15, 16 years ago. Mm-hmm. And an hour is still like 60 bucks. So the inflation hasn't changed. Like, bro, like tip your tarot reader. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Appreciate it. Yeah, and I'm even cheaper than that right now. 
this current state. Pandemic prices. Pandemic prices. Well, and I mean, honestly, part of it is I want to make sure that I am accessible to people who need it. Pre-pandemic, I did not do 30-minute readings unless it was at a festival or an event or I was hired to do like a party, you know, so then those people would get 30 minutes or an hour depending on what what prices we had negotiated. But anyways, but these days I am offering 30-minute readings um, because they're cheaper and sometimes people don't have it and they need a little bit of guidance and that's what I'm here for. So that's that's definitely uh... off topic. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's uh one of the funny things about uh reading with tarot you can you can end it it's more difficult to do a reading in santeria and end it like that um it ends when it ends it opens after you've done like a like a open invocation type you're dealing with not a 30 minute reading my yeah. first reading ever uh when i was starting the religion was about four and a half hours long. A reading that you were giving or that you were receiving? Receiving. Now, what type of divination is typically used in Centria? There's actually a couple different divination. One, you have with the the Babalaos, they have, they're like deer skin. Hmm. The other one, basically, almost everybody can do is like the Nkobos, which are shells. That's the cowrie shells, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so there's Nkobos for Santero, and then there's Nkobos for Palomayombe. Not everybody's taught Palomayombe. They're usually just taught Jambalangos, which are four coconut shells without the meat. The saints can use meat. The paletos don't use meat. So, okay, so coconut ahead. shells, not the cowrie shells. But I know that you guys also do read with the cowrie shells, right? That's those little white mm-hmm. yeah. shells. but. Not everybody can read with those. Oh, you have okay. To, you have to have special permissions. Understood. Gotcha. That makes sense. Yeah. In order for me to do a reading with the Encobos, which I have permissions to do, I had to have my hands baptized to okay. even do it. But your mortal has to allow you to speak that way. So it's kind of interesting because with the Encobos, the shells, each mouth says a different thing. So like the Santeros, they can do 21 mouths. And Palo, we're only allowed to do 13 mouths. And it depends on how many mouths are up, which tells you the different story. Mm. And so we have all 13 up. It's going to tell you something completely different than if you had seven mouths up. Now, I'm not going to tell you what they mean. Yeah. Um, Got to pay for that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Um, well, they're they're not. So, oh, yeah. And then there's the Akin, which are their palm nuts. They're sacred palm nuts that only Babalaos can touch. Mm. Um and those are brought to you by Arula. So I'm trying, I can't remember the, the name. But anyway, when you get your reading in Santeria, like if you get it through a Santero, you're most likely going to have calorie shells. They do get to practice with coconuts with meat, but they're only using that when they're doing evolves for the most part. And they do get to use taro. So that's kind of cool too. So yeah, nice. they yeah they have three different means of divination basically for Santeria. Well, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so if someone was looking into becoming a practitioner of Santeria, what would your suggestion be on how they approach that? Mm. If they wanted to be part of Santeria, mm-hmm. I would probably tell them that. You need to find a good padrino. Make sure before joining, you 
look at different padrinos that you may like and feel comfortable with. But there are some、mm-hmm. out there that, especially if you're not fluent in the religion, you don't know better. Some padrinos will think that you're not really into it, and they may take your your hard-earned money for no reason. So definitely look look at how big their house is. Look at when they invite. Yeah, when they invite you to things, are the people close to the padrino or their madrina? Are they, you know, do they seem separated? Because they'll be friendly to you at the beginning, but they may not be the person that you expect. You know, so you look for little traits. Finding a padrino is kind of hard. You know,、um, they're not just exactly out there everywhere. I highly recommend doing research. Maybe locate a botanica, and not all botanicas will have santeria in it, but there may be. Some type of lineage. They might know how to find someone. Yeah,、um, and be wise about it. You know, if somebody says, "Oh yeah, no,、uh, I can do,、uh, give you your saints, give five hundred dollars." It might sound like a deal.、Um, it might. It might sound like a deal for a reason. Yeah, I. I will tell you, like you're looking right around a thousand bucks to get started. So be cautious. Go with your gut. If you don't feel like、um, that house is the house for you, keep looking before you start initiating. Essentially, yeah, I would. I would also say that you know, trust your instincts. Believe it or not, like the saints don't want you to be with a bad padrino. They want to make sure that you are protected if you're going to join the religion. So they they will like give you signs. A lot of the houses are connected、um, when they're doing a patambor or something like that. They'll bring multiple houses together, and you may find another padrino going to that one, and that might be your padrino. You just don't know. Don't just jump into a house unless you really feel like that's the right house for you. Okay. Can you suggest any good books for like if they're just wanting to look into it initially? Um, a a good book, in my opinion, is Altar of My Soul. It helped me. And my wife, when we were getting into the religion, so that way we can understand. Like, it doesn't break down the religion, but it breaks down like the spiritual aspects of it.、Mm-hmm. Um, it's not like a dictionary, like, oh, this is the saint, this and that. You don't、yeah. have that in there. You just kind of have like why somebody would want to be part of the religion.、Um, I do highly recommend that. Awesome. Well, I really appreciate you coming on and.、Um... You know, kind of walking us through your journey. The one thing I didn't get to ask you about is: Have you, because this is a very closed religion, have you had any instances where you have essentially come out to someone that you're into Santeria and had an issue with them, or or any sort of backlash because of your religious choices? Backlash? No.、Um, I typically don't tell a lot of people about、mm-hmm. it.、Um, I still. You know, I still go to church, and you just don't tell church folk. Yeah. <laughs>、um, you know,、um, it's a personal religion, so it's one of those that you want to keep close to your heart anyway.、Mm-hmm. As far as the people I've opened up to, have all either participated in it in one way or another, so they have better understanding、um, and have respected my decision to be part of the religion, or have. Cut themselves out of my life altogether.、Mm. It's not really like a win-win type thing. The santeria is meant to be your religion. One of the things we joke about at like a misa, which is quote unquote our type of church, right? Is we don't go knocking door to door like the Jehovah's Witnesses.、Mm-hmm. Um, 
we pretty much stay to ourselves. If people need to find the path, the path will always open up to them. That's beautiful. I like that. But you have had people just cut themselves out of your life because of it? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like I... I love how nonchalant always, you are about it. Some people are really upset and you're like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah, well, it, you know, everybody has their own decision to make. and It's not our job to influence them. Our, my job is to protect me and my family. And that's where I stand on that. So if they don't want to be a part of it or they don't want to be a part of my life, you know, because of the religion I chose, then I guess that's fine. <laughs> it's like whatever. <laughs> not your loss. Not your loss. It's really not. No, no. Well, again, thank you for coming on. I really appreciate you talking about all of this, especially because it is a closed religion, which is one of the main reasons I wanted to have you on is because there's so little information out there that's easily accessible for people. Um, so I appreciate you putting yourself out there for um, for the podcast and letting people you know know what's going on with, with Santeria and that it's not, it's not all that uh, CSI cracks it up to be. Yeah. Remember that you can find us on Instagram at out of the broom closet with periods between each word or out of the broom closet podcast at gmail.com. You can find all things tarot and crystals at wise wolf tarot with periods between each word on Instagram and Facebook search for wise wolf tarot. Thanks for stopping by everybody. Be the light, my friends, and know that you are never alone.